America, my name is I'm Yosef Frempong, and I'm giving you a special uh, video today because I wanted to talk about online education since we are going to go that way in many districts in these United States. So what's, what's so bad about online education, K through 12 online education? Because make no mistake, if we commit to it in COVID, the infrastructure will be laying around for people who just want to get rid of brick and mortar public schools, right? So I do a lot of shopping online. Why can't I just, like, I do it on Amazon. I like it. I click on things. It deli it's delivered to me. Why can't we just do the same thing with education? What is lost? And if nothing is lost, then is it just a parochial attachment we have to um, brick and mortar schools that keeps us at our very expensive hobby, which is uh, sending our kids to public education. Now, forget the fact that online education, the modules don't teach themselves, so you need someone there uh, to actually work with the student, with the material. That's, I think that's a problem um, because it mandates a parent to actually be home, but let's pretend that you don't need someone there and, I, and figure out what's wrong with online education, um, even in this ideal case. So to be clear, we're talking about compulsory education, where we've decided that for any of us to be free, people need to know this material. Right? For example, if I, uh, if I want to play chess, it's not enough that I know how to play chess or that I practice to play chess. My opponent needs to know how to play chess in order for me to be a chess player. It's not enough for me to engage in the institution myself to determine myself as a chess player my opponent needs to be know the rules of the game same with basketball right and uh you know it's not enough for me to practice free throws or layup drills and all of that stuff i can do all the drills i want i'm not a basketball player until i play basketball against someone else who is playing basketball because that is what it is to play basketball and that's the same with sharing institutions in a constitutional democracy <coughs> excuse me Public education concerns things I need other people to know. And I need to compel that other people know for any of us to be self-determining. So what's wrong with online learning for K through 12 education? Well, the content doesn't interpret itself, right? There's a section in Plato's uh, Phaedrus, I'm a philosopher, so I talk about philosophy a lot, right? So there's a section in Plato's Phaedrus where Socrates laments the invention of writing. Because for all of its virtues, it weakens its mem it weakens the person's memory. That's his case. I don't know if I believe it, but like it's something to be said for, if, you know. There's the griot tradition in West Africa. Like there's something to be said for, if you don't write it down, you're forced to remember things. So you get used to remembering things. Uh, so that's one problem with writing. He has the second is it's static and can't defend itself against criticism. That is a bigger problem. Uh, because once the argument's written down, like it, it's 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 there. It's fixed. It's one-sided. It's 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 in nature, right? So um, if interaction matters and being able to defend yourself against criticism or like disclose a different part of the same argument, if that's at all relevant, then we have to talk about what uh, you know writing can't do. And the second thing, and the last thing is, it stays the same for everyone, which means it doesn't adjust to, uh, you know, the interlocutor, that's the person you're talking to, nature, their nurture, how they've been developed, or their fortune. 
And that's the most dangerous part. You have a system of education or you have a tool for education that doesn't actually adjust itself to the people it's talking to. I constantly, when I teach, I constantly am using metaphors that are adjusted to my audience. Like, it's not actually, it's, it's communicating the same concept, but it's done so in a different delivery mechanism because, you know, metaphors are either confused or honored uh, based on the cultural knowledge of of the group that I'm talking to. So I adjust the argument or the 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 aspects of the relevant aspects of the argument um, to the audience, right? And so can online learning do that? Right? So online learning can be personalized, right? So right now my daughter's taking cello and violin online. One, I'm a pretty good orchestral musician, so I can fill in the gaps. Um, and two, I have like a pretty nice studio, so I can I can do that uh, here in the studio, and it's not the worst experience. And then the, and the teacher gets like a pretty good sense of the sound through the microphone. But uh, so that kind of personalized online education, it can happen, right? But one, I'm a musician, so I can fill in the gaps here at home, and when I practice with my kids. I like for their own individual practice or individual as in like me and them as opposed to them themselves. Um, and two, like online education, if we do it through K through 12 schools, isn't going to be that personalized experience. It's not going to be that personalized monitored experience. And that matters. It's going to be less than that unless we want teachers to spend an infinite amount of time in front of Zoom, which I don't think is practical or ideal. But so even with the one-on-one -on -one attention you can get online, it can work with this one-on-one -on -one attention with something like some aspects of music. It's still not as good, the cello lessons and the violin lessons for my kids are still not as good as if the teacher were there and can like correct bow positions and, 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 and actually see with a different kind of specificity what's going on with my kid's hand position but um it's it's not it'll it's sufficient right but that's one-on-one -on -one time with like a good camera and and everything working the way it should so even when there's another person on the other side uh there's going to be a problem um communicating what needs to be communicated even if it's individualized. And it's not going to be individualized in K-12 through education. When we talk about going full online, there are going to be a lot of apps. There are going to be some set videos with click-through quizzes you can take at the end. It's not, uh, yeah. I, so I read a piece about 15 years ago, and I, I can't, I'm sorry to say, I can't remember if it was in the New York Times or the one of the San Francisco Bay Area papers, but it was on teacher evaluations and how the difference between an effective and ineffective teacher at the middle and high school level came down to how good they were at reading the room, telling which students got which material and which students didn't based on, like, you know, knowledge of the student and, like, an attuneness to their cultural tics or, like, and how they express themselves in the face or not just eye contact, but just body language, there are all of these deep psychological um, readings 
that good teachers could do so that they could read the room and draw out what needed to be drawn out from the students who didn't get it. Right? So you have to be very subtle in this interaction and you have to because what you're attuned to is the the student's mind. Right? So when we talk about the debate between face-to-face -face education versus online education, the word face-to-face -face, it 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 misplays what's going on. It makes it physical. Well, it's not like body-to-body -body education. It's face-to-face. -face. So the, they know there's something that's communicated in the face that's different. All right? Um, I mean, there's a reason why you don't want to just kind of Skype all of your dates. All right? What would you miss? I guess... I don't know. All right. Well, there's a reason why I wouldn't want to Skype all of my dates. All right. So education isn't face-to-face, -face, really. It's soul-to-soul -soul, or mind-to-mind -mind, or spirit-to-spirit, -spirit, depending on how you conceive of what a person is and their rational agency. Because that's what you're tying into. You want to actually get them to choose to be interested in what and see the relevance and how what you're communicating functions in their life and in their aspirations in the world. And that's that's not a physical thing. That's like interacting with their mind or their soul or their spirit, depending on on, on what you read, that thing that separates um, a corpse from a body, <laughs> from a person. Whatever that thing that separates a corpse from a person, that's what's communing with each other uh, in, in, in education. So the question is, what kind of uh, interactions, what kind, and how do you physically structure the quality of interactions that will facilitate this soul to soul, or bind to mind, or body, or uh, not body to body, um, spirit to spirit communication? And can that be done over Zoom? Well, it can barely be done in person. It can barely be done in person, but that's what's at stake. And, and until I'm convinced we can do it through Zoom, and I'm not convinced we can do it online, um, I, I, I think online education will ex just, it'll simply exacerbate all of our standing inequalities as we live, right? So wealth inequality, like the top 20% is going to get private teachers, they're going to get boutique schools, um, private schools, they're going to they're gonna just privatize the problem and, and use the market to get their kids the appropriate teacher. That's what the top 20% is going to do. And everyone else is going to just get hosed. And that's unfortunate. I, I just don't think it's, I, I, I don't see it any other way. It'll be good for the people whose parents, like my kids will be great. Like they're going to come back to school ahead of all grade levels because that's the way online education is going to go. So that's, that's, those are some arguments for in my household. And I'm not going to do it online. I'm actually going to have real papers. I did, a, I did a video. My last video was on what I'm teaching and the books I'm using um, for my own homeschooling for my five and seven-year-olds. You can look at that if you want to. But I, I just, I think it's bad for the nation. You know, my kids have to actually deal with other people and I want them to have, you know, the, the white quality of character and knowledge 
so that they know how to treat my kids fairly, regardless of what my kids know. So I have an investment in public education because it's about what like we compel everyone to know, not just my kids. So the soul to soul communication is what is lost. Um, because that's, uh, I mean, you could say we've evolved or we've just gotten good at reading people through actually being with people, right? So there is, uh, I was, uh, I spent a first stretch of my life as a classical musician or a middle stretch of my life as a, a, you know, a stretch as a classical musician. And it's kind of the relationship between a conductor and uh, an orchestral musician, right? The conductor is not playing, like I'm not attuned to the physicality of the conductor's hands, but like that physicality is communicating something about the quality of the conductor's soul, which is trying to draw out of me some sort of quality that's going to be expressed in my music. It's not like, it's not merely physical what's going on. And that's another thing that I, I'm not sure that should or would or could be created online. I, I mourn for what's going to happen in classical music for the next five years while we figure this out. Same with chamber music. Like, I, like it's, it, you're not being with a person, like playing in a quartet or a quintet. It's not, uh, there are a few reasons why it's not something you do, um, you know, over online. Because the physicality, there's so many uh, details that are expressed in just aspects of physicality with the person you're playing with that's actually communicating something that's not physical. It's communicating, like, how it's all working together. It's communicating the quality of their mind that's, like, struggling to be expressed, struggling to be expressed in, like, this almost necessarily crude vessel that we call a body. All right, so we call it face-to-face -face education because the face is probably the most subtle of our expressive um, organs, right? They don't call it arm-to-arm -arm or shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder education, although there are going to be shoulders and arms um, involved. But they call it face-to-face -face because what's at issue isn't really physicality it's it's what can be almost necessarily crudely expressed through physicality All right so what's it going to take to facilitate this at the K through 12 level like i it's not going to be an online education i wish people were serious and actually thought through we just need to decentralize schools Every classroom should be in a different building, which means we need to start renting out and leasing. And we need to set this infrastructure up for five years until we actually figure out what to do with COVID. Like we need to start leasing rec rooms and, and uh, you know, building trailers and, and yeah, leasing rec room, building trailers, just decentralizing, renting out church basements and storefronts that are abandoned now because people don't go to brick and mortar stores with the same like cheerful readiness they went to before. We need to just start taking over some of this uh, partially developed space and turn that into classrooms because the only way to actually solve our density problem, which is what our public education problem is in COVID-19, it's a density problem, is to, is to uh, um, have smaller classes. 
10 kids a class and we wanted to do that anyway now instead of and uh, look there's some people who want smaller classes anyway i'm one of them there's some people who want online education anyway right so which infrastructure are we going to build because whatever infrastructure we're going to build is going to be the one that's laying around the next time there's going to be a uh, catastrophe so thank you for your time i hope you've learned something about like the uh, drawbacks of online education. I hope you've learned not to just merely think of it as face-to-face -face or think of the, what is actually why the face because something is communicated in the face. Because what we're really, try what we're really talking about is like how do souls best interact? How do spirits best interact? How do uh, um, yeah, minds best interact? How is whatever it is that separates a body, a living body from a corpse, a human body from a corpse, or, you know, someone who's in a coma, how does whatever separates or whatever facilitates that sort of interaction, how does that best interact? Um, how do they, what are the physical conditions for that interaction? Right? And I think it's going to be in a classroom with an attentive teacher. So I wish I, can't, I, wish I could find that article. That, that talked about how the difference between a good teacher and a bad teacher is a teacher who could read the room because that's very important because it's going to be impossible to read the room of 5th graders or 7th graders through when the room is Zoom. Right. Uh, thank you for your time. By the way, if you like anything I'm doing, go ahead and go to thefunkyacademic.com and kick in $5, $15, or $50 a month. I would appreciate it. And it would help me, you know, do better videos and, uh, you know, get staff and a marketing budget and everything else. All right. Take care. I will see you later. Peace.